Hey, it's Sean. Welcome to this week's episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. We are looking back at the Forbidden Door. Was it the best pay-per-view of the year, or did it not live up to the hype? Before we get there, let's head to the Control Center to catch you up on this week's news and professional wrestling. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. Okay, so if you watch Forbidden Door, Brian Danielson fractured his forearm during the match with Okada. He brought it up later that night at the media scrum, along with a six to eight week time frame for his return to the ring. Brie Garcia, Daniel Bryan's wife, went onto Instagram to share a photo of the X-ray of Danielson's arm, and it looks quite severe. So we just want to send out our best wishes to the American Dragon and hope for a speedy recovery. Our second news story as we stay on the injury front, Tom Dawkins, better known as Cardinal Wall and Progress Wrestling, has given us an update on his condition since his injury back in May during a Progress World title match against Spider Bay. In this update, Cara says that it's probably another year before he can even start preparing to get back in the ring, and he has started a GoFundMe to help support paying the medical bills that he's acquired during this time away from professional wrestling. We will leave the link to the GoFundMe in the show notes. If you're able to donate and help Car out, please do so. And thank you in advance. We want to wish Car Noir, Tom Dawkins, a speedy recovery. Can't wait to see him back in the ring. Our third news story, friend of the show, Bianca Corelli, is in the competition to become the 2023 Miss Universe Canada. Buddy is now open. I will have the link to the buddy site. In the show notes, please go support friend of the show, Bianca Curley, as we try to get her into the top 20 of the competition. Our fourth news story comes by the way of Forbes magazine, as AEW Coalition second episode had a 27% decrease in viewership from the premiere episode, as this last week's episode of AEW Collision garnered 595,000 viewers. And also saw a 37% drop in the key demographic here in the United States of the 18 to 49 age viewers. I think we all were thinking that the second episode was going to have some kind of decrease. Now, this much of a decrease so soon, maybe not. But still, you got to think, still you get 595,000 people on a Saturday night to watch two hours of professional wrestling. That's not bad. I feel like this every time water will be happy with these numbers. Now, it's going to be interesting to see the numbers next week as the July 1st episode of Collision is going to be taped this coming Thursday. The question is going to be, how much will spoilers cut into the numbers of viewers for this episode coming up of Collision? We'll just have to wait and see. The bigger question is coming in this fall when you get college football here in the States up and running again. How big of a bite will college football take out of the AEW Collision viewership? We'll have a wait and see, and we'll keep you up to date on the viewership as we go forward during the summer. And that has been your Control Center for June 28th, 2023, here on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. This is RFPW In-Depth. Sean and David take a deeper look at a wrestling promotion or wrestler that you should check out. Okay, let's break down Forbidden Door 2. Was it the best review ever, or did it not live up to this hype? Let's go over to our Facebook page and see what our listeners had to say. Our beloved co-host, David the Smart Bird, chimed in, saying that the show was overall disappointing. He thought that Omega versus Osprey was 15 minutes too long, which I kind of agree with him. It did kind of drag towards the end. 
we'll get to that point here later. And he literally said, Tanahashi needs to retire. David, come on, be nice, but I know you're just smart, Mark. David continued by saying the people who believe Daniel Bryan versus Okada was the best match of the night was bollocks. And Sir David was overall disappointed in this offering from New Japan Pro Wrestling and AEW. Now, Chris Bayat, this gentleman I used to work with at one time, he basically said the show sucked. Thanks, Chris, for keeping your comments short and simple. Now, my future sister-in-law, Tamara, is on the other side of the spectrum here. She actually enjoyed this pay-per-view. She loved every minute of Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. Thank you, Tamara, for giving your reaction to the show. Now it's my turn. What did I think of New Japan Pro Wrestling slash AEW Forbidden Door 2? Let's look at Zero Hour. The only match I would recommend is the quarterfinal matchup between Athena and Billy Starks in the Ola Hart Cup. Athena is coming in on a 47-match winning streak. So the question was, could a newcomer to AEW defeat the current ROH champion and invest into the Owen Hart tournament. Unfortunately for Billy Starks, that was not the case as Athena gained a victory here. Even though Billy Starks gave a good effort, the next matchup for Athena in the Owen Hart tournament is going to be against New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Women's Champion Willow Nightingale. Now, personally, I can't wait to see this match, but let's move on to the main card for Forbidden Door. Okay, up first. MJF versus Tanahashi for the AEW World Title. Now, granted, I don't think any of us thought that Tanahashi had a chance to become the AEW champion. This was a fine opener, and MJF basically played the chicken shit hill, and he had to resort to the diamond ring to get the victory. Now, I can see where some people feel like Tanahashi has lost a lot of steps and wonder why he's in the ring with MJF. But for this crowd, and for a lot of people who love New Japan Pro Wrestling, all Tanahashi has to do is come into the ring, play the air guitar, hit the high flood low. And to me, this was a serviceal opening match. The crowd enjoyed it. Now the match coming up was a whole different story. And that's because it's CM Punk versus Kojima. It's a Owen Hart Cup Tournament quarterfinal matchup. And Toronto booed CM Punk out of Billy. As beloved he was in Chicago, there might have been only two people Toronto hated more than CM Punk. Don Callis and Will Ospreay. But it was a close freaking race because they were booing him out of the building. Now, CM Punk played it up pretty well. He did a Hogan leg drop. He got Kojima into the corner and did a lariat as he's screaming, Kojima, Kojima. And the crowd was freaking hating every moment of this. CM Punk hates to go to sleep to gain the victory as he advanced into the semifinals of the Owen Hart Cup tournament. Now, personally, for me, the next matchup is where this pay-per-view got going good. It's the international title four-way as we saw Orange Cassidy versus Daniel Garcia versus Shibata versus Zack Zaber Jr. One of my favorite spots in this match was Shibata sitting down in the middle of the ring with Orange Cassidy as her trading chops and punches and to work their way to her feet. And of course, Zack Zaber Jr. is basically turning everybody into a pretzel during this match. And the finish comes with Shibata hitting the PK on Garcia. He goes for the pin, but Orange Cassidy tosses him out of the ring like a hill and gets the victory. So that was kind of interesting to see Orange Cassidy win by the skin of his teeth and do so with what would normally be a hillish victory. Now, if you haven't seen Forbidden Door yet, this is one match I would suggest you go watch. Now, the next match has me 50-50. I thought it was an okay match for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship as we saw Jungle Boy face off against Sonata. Personally, I feel like this match was here just to advance the heel turn of Jungle Boy. As we saw Hook accompany Jungle Boy down to the ring. 
And here's Jungle Boy with another attempt to win a world title. And yet again, he comes up oh so short. And this time, as he's walking up the ramp, he turns to Hook and basically clotheslines his head off. And the crowd just boos him out of the building. And, of course, the father in Taz says, you effed up. And yes, Jungle Boy, you probably have F up if you're going to have your first feud with Hook. Can't wait to see what they do with the presentation of Joe Boy since he made his heel turn. I'm hoping they lose his theme song. They change his look just a little bit. And he comes out more of like a Hollywood or a son of a Hollywood superstar. Okay, we're up to the 10-man tag match. It's the Elite and Toro Ishii and Eddie Kingston versus the Blackpool Combat Club, Unimo and Tanahashi. And let me tell you, this match made Tanahashi a freaking star. And they should put the world title on this gentleman in the next 16 months. Because he just looked like a million bucks in this match. Now the story of this match, besides Tanahashi looking like a million bucks, was Eddie Kingston fighting his own feelings about John Moxley. As John Moxley is his friend, he literally threw his body in front of the Young Bucks as they were trying to do a double super kick on John Moxley, but John Moxley didn't return the favor. As we saw, John Moxley hit a paradigm shift on Eddie Kingston. This is another match if you haven't seen for Ben and Dory, you just need to go watch. And literally, the coolest thing is, Ishii gets to pin here as he pins Willer Yuta because that's the role of Willer Yuta and the Black Cool Combat Club is to eat every freaking pin. Okay, we have the one women's match on his card. And it's actually two AEW talents battling each other as we have Tony Storm versus Will Nightingale for the AEW Women's World Championship. And this was a good match. I feel like we're continuing this build of Will Nightingale to be this hoss of a babyface, this badass babyface who can freaking wrestle. Now, granted, she comes up just a little bit short in this match against Tony Storm, but I don't think they did anything to damage Willow Nightingale's momentum as we head on for just summer. Now we're up to probably the best match of the night. It's Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega for the IWGP United States Heavyweight title. I feel like everybody's talking about the Tiger Driver 91 and the fact that it looked freaking scary as hell, and they're still trying to figure out how Kenny didn't break his neck. Now, granted, I'm Chris too. I thought it was one of those spots where I'm like, oh. But the story of this match is the fact that Don Callis comes down to the ring with Will Ospreay. And a lot of people complain the fact that he gets sent off before the screwdriver spot in this match. The referee sends Don Callis off probably 10 minutes before the screwdriver spot. And Don Callis works his way back down to the ringside. He hands the screwdriver to Ospreay as Kenny Omega's bring him up into the one-wing angel. We see Osprey use the tree rubber to get out of that. And there we go. We see Will Osprey nail Kenny Omega with its own finisher. Is this the way that Osprey is going to defeat Omega in Canada? No. Omega kicks out at one. What a freaking good spot. And I can understand it. It's his finishing hold. He should be able to kick out at one. I know some people felt like he should have waited to two or two and a half. It was kind of a cool spot where he just kicked out at one. Now, personally, I love the homage to Shawn Michaels that Will Ospreay did by grabbing the Canadian flag from the fans and using it to wipe his butt, then blowing his nose on. That was freaking cool. That's a nice little callback to the time Shawn Michaels was facing Bret Hart in Canada. And the crowd ate it up. And, of course, it leads to the moment where 
Omega uses the flag to choke Will Ospreay, giving him the comeuppance from using the national flag of Canada. Now, personally, I was surprised we didn't go to the time limit draw as they announced like 30 minutes have gone through this match. I literally thought we were going to a 60-minute time limit draw and Will Ospreay would get his victory in London, England. But we see the Stormbreaker and the 1-2-3 as Will Ospreay is your new IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion. Now the question is, is there room for a third in this trilogy and which one is better? Is their match at Wrestling Kingdom better? Or is this match they had at Forbidden Door their best match? So I made a poll on Twitter and you guys did not disappoint me as 84% of you said the Forbidden Door match between Osprey and Omega was their better match. Now personally, I need to go back and watch the Wrestle Kingdom match because I haven't seen it since January. But I feel like you guys who fought the Wrestle Kingdom match was better maybe right. I feel like it's two different styles of pizza. Everybody has their favorite toppings. Is this how do you like your pizza? Okay, we're up to the main event a lot of people thought we never would see, but here we are. It's the American Dragon versus the Okada one. And hey, Tony's fit the money to get Final Countdown. Oh my freaking word. The crowd freaking popped for Final Countdown. I did too. I was like, wow. First thing off, we got to tip our hat and give a semi ovation to Brian Danielson as he wrestled 10 minutes with a freaking broken arm. Now, personally, I would be over in the corner going like, no moss. I'd be like, Okada just hit me with the Rainmaker. Put me out of my misery. I got the feeling that the entry may have played into the finish of this match. Because we saw Brian Danielson do a couple of different versions of his little bell lock as Okada tapped out to the American Dragon. Which was a surprising finish for me personally. I didn't think he would tap out. Maybe they would do the baby face passes out from the pain spot. But after watching this match, I don't know is the fact that the card was like five and a half hours long or I had this match built up so much in my head. Personally, I feel like this match didn't live up to what I thought it would be. Now, great, I feel like they saved some stuff where they could do another match between these two gentlemen once Ryan Dawson gets healed up and is probably going to be at Wrestle Kingdom, which will be freaking cool with that crowd. But this submission victory by Brian Dallison just came out of nowhere, and you could look at the fans in the crowd going like, is that a finish? Okay. Let's cheer for Brian Dallison, give some polite applause for Okada, and call it evening. Now, watch this live. I was overall satisfied with the hard from top to bottom for Forbidden Door. I feel like it was worth my $50 I paid to watch the pay-per-view. Now, give it a couple of days to sink in and thinking about the matches, it may not be the best pay-per-view of the year. We'll have a wait to December to see if that's going to be my choice for best pay-per-view of the year. And that has been your Forbidden Door 2023 review here on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. What's on tap? The guys give you their picks on what you can't miss this week. Okay, we're looking at a pretty cool card here coming up on AEW Dynamite this evening as we have Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara versus Sting Darby Allen in a Tornado Tag Match. And we're also going to get Ishii versus John Mosley. Now, the thing about John Mosley was he didn't bleed in that 10-man tag match. So you know he's going to probably bleed this evening. But it should be one hell of a slobber knocker, as JR would say. We also hear from Jungle Boy. This is going to be a make or break. Promo for Joe Boy and this hero character he's turning into. I hope he's going to knock it out of the park. We also have a matchup for the Old Heart Women's Tournament as Dr. 
Britt Baker DMD faces off against Ruby Soho. That should be your main event. We are going to hear from MJF and Adam Cole, who was pulled from the Forbidden Door card at the 12th hour, basically, as he had some kind of, of illness over the weekend, so he didn't face filthy Tom Lawler. Now, Tom Lawler did have a match, a dart match with Serpentito at Forbidden Door 2. Now, personally, I would love to see Tom Lawler come out here and attack Adam Cole and set up a match for maybe All Out. I feel that would be a make good for Philly Tom Lawler not having a match on the pay-per-view this past weekend. We'll have a wait and see. And we're going to find out more pairings in this Blind Eliminator Tag Team Tournament, a.k.a. WCW Lethal Lottery 2.0, as the only pairing we know so far is Adam Cole and MJF. Can they coexist? So I'm looking forward to see what other random pairings they're going to have in this tournament. Hey, do me a favor. Go over to Radio Free PW on Twitter and give me your best fine elevator tag team to face Adam Cole and MJF. Who would it be? And over on SmackDown, we have the return of Roman Reigns mere hours before Money in the Bank pay-per-view as he has his tag team match with Sosa Stella versus the Usos. And we also have the Universal Women's Championship match between Asuka and Charlotte Flair. And the question is, will Nosswell's ready on Bianca Belair interfere in that match, leading to a match being added at Money in the Bank, maybe a triple threat match? And that's what we have on tap this week in Wrestling TV. Before I go, I got a special announcement. I'm going to do a Money in the Bank preview show, and I have a very special guest coming on to break the card down with me. He is no other than Sam from the Autism Rocks and Roll podcast. It's a podcast exploring his life, dealing with autism, and help breaking down the stigmatism that autism has in our population. And he's a diehard wrestling fan. He has interviewed wrestlers like Buck Bagwell, Matt Foley, and we just recorded the preview earlier today. And I can't wait for you guys to listen to it on Friday. Pretty cool guy. I'm going to leave a link to his show in the show notes. Go check out Sam's podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, until I see you this Friday for our Money in the Bank preview show, have a stunning rest of your week. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.